Our God is our help. Psalm 121. It says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right side, uh, on your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. That is the word of the Lord. These, uh, these psalms that we're going to go over the next five weeks, they're, um, they're pretty neat once you understand um, their, their purpose and, and, and what, they, what they mean. Uh, Psalm 121 is labeled a, a song of ascents. Um, it's like a sense, like to, in the plural form, but it means to ascend. And uh, these songs that were, these songs here, uh, verse, basically Psalm 120 all the way to 134, um, they're grouped together. And these, they were songs that were sung by the Israelites. And uh, they were well known by the Israelites. They, they sung them as they, or they sang them as they traveled to Jerusalem. Uh, they traveled to Jerusalem for three major festivals, uh, the, the Passover, Pentecost, and the Feast of Booths, or the Feast of the Tabernacles. And when they traveled to Jerusalem, wherever they were living, they had to go there and worship at the temple. And so on their way, these are the songs that they sang. Um, as I said, from Psalm 120 to 134, they were basically praise songs to the Lord. Um, as they traveled, they were singing uh, how good the Lord was. Uh, they were praising God for who he was and uh, what, what he had done, not only for the nation of Israel, but for everybody uh, individually. And what's really neat about this is that Jerusalem is located at such a high elevation. Pretty much anywhere you came from in, in their world, uh, you were ascending, you were walking up towards Jerusalem. The temple was at a at a high elevation to, uh, and that was symbolic, but everyone who was traveling was basically walking upward, and that's why they're called songs of ascents. Um, also, it's, it's pretty neat because the priest, it was thought that the priest, before, uh, on their way to do their daily duties at the temple, they would sing these songs too. As they were ascending the temple, they would sing these songs, praises to, uh, praises to God. And I can see why these psalms are, are, are something that they remembered and, and something that they focused on and something that they just celebrated God's goodness with, um, especially our psalm today. It's just, uh, it's just wonderful. Uh, but when you see uh, these people walk into Jerusalem and they're walking upward, they're ascending, uh, it's a wonderful picture of, of God's people. And, and they're traveling upward towards God, right? They're traveling upward towards God because God is high and exalted. So they're traveling upward, and as they're traveling upward, they're singing songs about his glory and his goodness. Uh, it's, it's, it's sort of like uh, when you come to church on your way to church. How many of you come to church and you're, you're singing your favorite, uh, your favorite uh, hymn or your favorite song on the way to church just praising him? I know, uh, I know we do that on the way to church, and 
Uh, it's just something that you're looking forward to. It's like the prelude, the prelude before you get here, right? You're just, uh, you're, you're so excited about worshiping the Lord that you're worshiping before you actually get here. Uh, and that's, in, in essence, that's what was happening uh, with these people as they traveled to uh, Jerusalem. Now, this song in particular was, is, is a great, great song, uh, and it's about the might and mercy of God. Uh, how, how many of us know that God is mighty and merciful? It's just uh, tremendous, and uh, it, it blows our mind how, how mighty and how merciful he is. Um, it, it's, it's rare to see both qualities in, uh, in, in, in a person. Uh, it's rare to see both qualities but God has those qualities where he is both mighty and merciful. Uh, listen to the, the, the first two verses. It says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? And this is my favorite. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I just look at that and my heart just says, wow. I just, I just think about how impactful those words are. And you see, the reason why they're so impactful to us is because you and I, we live in constant need, constant need. Every single day we realize that we lack and we realize that we, that we need something. And I'm not talking about just wanting. I'm not just talking about wants and what would make life comfortable. We, we live in constant need, and God lives in constant help. He gives us constant help for our constant need. Uh, it, it's just wonderful. Uh, how important those words are for us. In fact, when we really think about it, we, we must acknowledge that the Lord is our help. He, he is not our helper. I know the Bible says he's our helper and he's our sustainer, but in reality, I want us to think about this differently today. I want us to see God as our help. He, he is ultimately our only help and he is the only help we need. Uh, the Lord is our help, and he does far more abundantly uh, for us than we may ask or think. Uh, I, I just, I think it's wonderful and how much he helps us, and I think sometimes we need to just sit back and think about that. So I pray that this sermon will bring hope and encouragement to your hearts as you uh, think about how much the Lord helps you. But uh, that was our sermon summary, what I just read. The Lord is our help who does far more abundantly for us than we may ask or think. I have basically three simple points, and I, I want to go over each one of them. The first point is this. Everyone needs help. Everyone does. Uh, and, and for some people, that, that might be hard to accept. Um, for others, it might be hard to believe. But help is one of those words that is easy to say but hard to do sometimes. And then on the other hand, it's hard to do but easy to say, or hard to say but easy to do. Uh, it, it just matters who, it matters who you are, but everyone struggles with admitting that they need help. But in reality, if we really think about it, um, we're not our own person. We didn't, we weren't self-made. Uh, we didn't do things on our own. I, I know we like to think that, but in reality, uh, no one survives without help. Uh, that you have help of a family, help of loved ones, but ultimately, we have the help of God. See, no one here is, like I said, completely self-made. And the Bible acknowledges that. In Acts 17, 28, one of my favorite verses, it says, In God we live and move and that we have our being. 
Um, I, I love that verse because it basically, uh, it encompasses our whole life and shows us how dependent we are on God. Uh, you know, a lot of us grow up and we are, we are, brought, to, we are brought up to think that, that, you know, we need to make our own way and we need to provide our own way. And sometimes we have a lot of pride in that. And we think the things that we've accomplished and the things that we have, that's because we've earned those things. But in reality, God has provided us to have those things. Uh, God has helped us every single bit. A lot of people like to brag about how they made it through hard times on their own. Well, no, no one has made it through hard time on their own because God has been by their side. Uh, you see, when you see Acts 17, 28, and we understand that in God we live and move and have our being, that means that without his help, we couldn't live, we couldn't survive. I, even this breath that I just, that I just took, and that's because of God, and that's his help. Uh, everything that we are, the, the fact that we're healthy, um, that's because of God and his help. Um, if, even if you're sick now and, and you're living day by day, that's because of God and his help. Um, it's, yeah, I know we take medicine and I know we do different things, but who made the medicine possible? It was God, right? So through everything, we need to point back to God, who is our ultimate, uh, help in our time of need. So without God, we, we couldn't live. And the funny thing is, is that goes for believers and unbelievers. Uh, those who curse God, the only way that they live is because they have his help. Uh, and, and that's what I mean about God being both uh, mighty and merciful. He's a, a wonderful God. So the, the, the plain fact is this. The Lord helps us in ways we could not imagine. And, and it's, if we stop and think about it, it'd be just mind-boggling. We wouldn't be able to wrap our minds completely around it and how the Lord helps us. There's a such thing called providence. Providence is how, is how God rules his creation. And there are some who believe that God created everything and then just step back and, and kind of looks at his creation and just lets things happen. But that's not what we believe. That's not what the Bible says. God, the Bible says that God is a sovereign God who created all things and he rules it by his providence. That means God is in, in every single thing, every single detail of life. Um, that, that's why we don't believe in chance. We don't believe in chance. We don't believe in luck. We don't believe in karma. We don't believe in anything like that because all that is left up to chance. All that is left up to people trying to guess what's going to happen, but God is in control, and he is our ultimate help, and uh, we are blessed because of that. See, as creatures, we are completely and utterly in need of help from our creator. That's what the Bible tells us. Um, the only one that does not need help is God himself uh, because he is the, uh, the only one who is self-sufficient, self-sustaining. Uh, he, can, he doesn't need help. He doesn't need anything on the outside to survive. We, on the other hand, we need him. Uh, he is the one who created us. Not only that, but he's the one who sustains us as well. The psalmist says that when he needs help, in verse 1, he says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Why, why, why does he say, I, need, I lift up my eyes? Why, do, why does he not look down? Why does he not look to the side? 
you know, it's human nature to look for someone when you need help. Uh, you ever see your kids whenever they, uh, they're in trouble? You know, and, and I don't mean in trouble like they, they got in trouble, but they're out and playing and something happens and they're afraid. Uh, you don't, I could be inside looking through a window and seeing my kids' reaction, and I can tell that look when they need help. It's just a, a different kind of look. Um, anybody and everybody, whenever they need help, it's a certain look that you give. Like you're looking around in desperation and you're looking for someone to help you. That's the picture here that is painted by the psalmist as he says that as he needs help, he lifts up his eyes to the hills. Now, the reason why he looked to the hills is because he understood that's where God is. God's in the hills. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means God is high and exalted. He's in the hills. He's above and beyond us. He's transcendent, the Bible says. Uh, the hills are figurative language, and it talks about, it, dis, it displays God's strength, his power, and his rule over creation. God is God, right? The Bible says that the heavens is his home and the earth is his footstool. He is completely above us. He is completely beyond us. He rules over his creation. And I just want you to think about it this way. As a king sits on his throne, God sits in the hills. He sits in the hills and he he rules from there. Psalm 123 verse 1 says, To you I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. Thomas understood. He understood that, hey, I need help. And my ultimate help comes from the Lord. And that's why I lift up my eyes to the hills. There's something important that's being acknowledged here. Something that we need to really think about. See, when we need help, sometimes we look within. When we need help, sometimes we look to the side. We either want to fix it ourselves, or we want someone close to us that we trust to fix it. And neither one of those things are evil in itself. Neither one of those things are sinful in themselves. But we must first look up. We must first look up with our eyes and with our heart, knowing that our help is coming from the Lord. We must train ourselves to look up always. You see, sometimes we're so busy that when trouble comes in our lives, not only are we looking to the side for other people to help us, but we, we also look down. We look down in discouragement. That's the first thing we do. We look down and we have self-pity. We look down and we've given up. But the fact is, is that we must be taught and we must know that whenever we need help, we look to the hills because that's where God is ruling over his creation. It's like a, a baby who needs help 
and he looks up to his father or to his mother to pick him up out of his trouble. We need to look up. In order for us to look up, we need to humble ourselves, and we need to recognize that we need his help, and we need to know that the help that we need ultimately comes from him. So our response to trouble must be to look up to him. And once we get in a habit of looking up to him in times of trouble, listen, we will never be disappointed. Never. We will never be disappointed because that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to rely on him for everything. And the only way that we are able to do that is through faith. So we are never disappointed because he always delivers what we need and he delivers it when we need it. He is an awesome God and you can trust him. But the fact is, is that we have to all start on the same level. We have to start on the same playing field. We must know that we all need help. No one can do this on their own. And sometimes this takes a, um, this takes extreme humbling to know this. Some of you are suffering because you're being humbled. Now, some of us are suffering because of our sin. Some of us are suffering just because that's just the way it is. But some are suffering because they need to be humbled. They need to know that they need the help of the Lord. They need to know that they're not self-made. They need to know that they have a God and that he rules over them. And many times it takes a breaking point before you realize that. I hope your breaking point is today. I hope you realize that the help you need is not far off. It's in the hills. He is high and exalted. And he has promised to help you. We need to humble ourselves and recognize that we need his help. Second point is this. When we look at this passage, we understand that our help comes from the sovereign Lord. Uh, That's amazing to me. That should be amazing to all of us that our help comes from the sovereign Lord. You see, when the Lord helps us, he does it himself. I've been making a lot of phone calls to insurance and to different places. Uh, I've been shopping for insurance companies. Uh, At the end of December, we're, we're switching over. We're trying to find coverage and anyway, that's beside the point. But, but the, the thing, though, is, is that when I call these places, uh, there's, there's one thing that wants me that, 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 that where I want to hang up right away as soon as I call. And one of the things that irks me is that when I call somewhere and a machine picks up, I just want to hang up the phone. I don't want to mess with the machine. I'm sitting there arguing with the machine because I'm hitting two and I'm hitting three and it's taking me somewhere else and it tells me to speak and I say something and it doesn't understand me. I have to say it again. I just want the real deal. You see, with God, there is no, no middleman. We go straight to him. And when we go to him for help, it is him who helps us. He does it himself. When we pray to the Lord... He is the one listening. I don't know if we think about that or not whenever we pray, but he is the one listening. He he doesn't have somebody, a representative, who's listening 
for him, he is able to hear the prayers of all his children. It's wonderful. He's able to hear the prayers of all his children, so he is the one listening. And when we pray, and when the prayer is answered, he is the one who answers it. He is our help. And we need to realize that when we ask for help, it is coming from a sovereign God or the sovereign God. You see, our God intimately and personally watches over our lives. And he cares for us through his providence. He cares for us like no one else does. Listen to what the psalmist says. He says, from where does my help come from? Verse 2, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. As I said, notice that there is no middleman. The help we get comes directly from the Lord. The help we receive, it may be delivered by different vessels, but it is God who is empowering them to help us. It's a wonderful thing, and God is a wonderful God. You see, our help comes from, as I said, a sovereign God who not only rules over the hills, but he is the one who created them, and that's what the psalmist is saying here. First thing we must recognize in this uh, verse is the name that is used for God. The name here is Yahweh. It is the proper name of God. It is that name that trans that translates to I am. Whenever, whenever God is is documented in the Bible uh, for creating the earth, it's this name that is used. Whenever He Uh, introduces himself to Moses, it is this name that is used. Jesus himself said, I am. It is the proper name of God. And that's what the psalmist says, where does my help come from? And then he says, my help comes from Yahweh. Yahweh was a name that Jewish scholars wouldn't even write without going and ceremonially cleaning themselves before they wrote this name. My help comes from I am. And I am is the sovereign God of creation. This is the name that brought hope to the people of God. And this is also the name that brought terror to his enemies. Now the second thing we need to notice about verse 2 is that he made the heavens and the earth are The fact that the psalmist says that he made the heavens and the earth is to say that he created them or formed them out of nothing. So we have this picture of Yahweh who who created the heavens and the earth, and that is where our help comes from. One thing I admire about people, some people, is that they can create things. Um, When we say create, we mean from a creaturely aspect, but they can make things. I've never been good at making things as far as making furniture, making different things. So I really admire people who can do that. But the fact is, is that no one can create like God. We are all dependent on God for materials. We are all dependent on God for anything. The only thing that I see that I create is I create sermons, but I'm dependent on God for original thought, for moving in my heart, 
Uh, it's the Holy Spirit that helps me to prepare for uh, each and every sermon. But we are dependent on God. But God truly made all things out of nothing, and the psalmist is pointing out God's sovereignty in doing that. He says, where does my help come from? Well, my help comes from Yahweh, who made heaven and earth. You see, we must realize that we actually receive our help from the eternal, sovereign God who created all things, including us. See, the God who flooded the earth, that's who we receive our help from. The God who freed the Israelites from Egypt, that's who we receive our help from. Who parted the Red Sea, who made the sun stand still, that's Yahweh, that's who we receive our help from. But not only that, the God who calmed the storm, who walked on water, who made the blind see and the lame walk, The one who rose from the grave, he is our helper. He is the one who helps us in everything in life. When you realize that, then you realize how blessed you are and how well you are taken care of. You see, if the Lord is our help, then what else do we need? And that's that's the last point. If the Lord is our help, then we have all that we need. You see, now that we know how intimately God, the God of all creation, cares for us, you know, we should feel good about that. We should feel secure. We should have hope in our current circumstance. Pastor Theo used to say, when you realize that the Lord is all you have, you'll realize that he's all you need. I've always remembered that when he used to say that, and that's helped me through sometimes. When we look at the rest of the psalm, it's going to go quickly because basically there are three different points that this psalm is making as it's describing God and how he helps us. In verses 3 and 4, it tells us that God helps us by sustaining us. So he is our helper. He comes from the hills. He is, the, he is Yahweh, the one who created the heavens and the earth. And Yahweh, in verse 3 and 4, says, He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. My friend, Yahweh will sustain you. He created you, and he will give you what you need for life and godliness. Then verse 5 and 6 says, The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. My friend, not only will the Lord sustain you, but as your help, he will provide for you. He will provide everything that you need, and he will give it to you whenever you need it. Psalm 121 verses 7 and 8 says this, The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. As I read that, that's the third thing that he does for us. He sustains us, he provides for us, and he will protect us. 
He is a wonderful God. He is our help. Now, knowing all this, there's some things that we have to think about. There's some things that we have to apply to our lives that we have to walk in. You see, with the Lord's help, we truly have all that we need, and I think we can all confess that. The important thing for us is to find contentment in where we are. To find contentment in the help that he has provided for us. Because you know what? A lot of times we think we know more. We think we know what we need. And if we only had this one thing, then everything would be great. But the fact is, is that the Lord has already given you what you need. The psalm reminds us that he is sovereign. So if he is sovereign, we must remember that there is no trouble that we can have that is greater than him. The psalm also assures us that the God of all creation will sustain, provide, and protect us. Now we need to be content in his help. Listen, the Lord has, if you are in Christ... The Lord has already helped you with the most difficult thing you will ever have to face in life. You know what that is? Being an unbeliever. Being lost in your sin. If you are in Christ today, he has already helped you with that. And listen, listen more. If he has already helped you with that, he can help you with all things. You see, because when you were lost in your sin, there was no hope for you. There was, no, there was nothing you could do. You truly needed help, complete help from God. He is the one who revived you. He is the one who changed your heart. He is the one who puts you on a new path. He is the one who has given you a new life. If he can do that, he can do anything. The Bible says that nothing is impossible for him. That is so true. We are proof of that. So why do we lose faith? Why do we lose hope so quickly when times are hard? If we, re- if we will remember where our help comes from, that in itself will build our faith and will give us hope. Now, what we have to do is we have to come to grips with the fact that he is providing for us what we need. We have to be content where the Lord has us. We're all in different places. We're all dealing with different things. But the Lord has not forgotten you. He is with you. He has always been with you and he always will be. I may sound like a broken record, but I always say this and I remind people of it all the time. That in the good, bad, and ugliness of life, his grace is sufficient for us. Let us pray.